0: Hello, and welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, the show where we ask five simple questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their local communities. My name is Greg Manula. I'm the Associate Executive Minister and Region Missionary for the American Baptist Churches of Nebraska, and every single week, I get to partner with churches and ministry practitioners, And I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. And so, that's the purpose of this podcast, to share with you the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. Well, our guest today is the pastor of the Second Baptist Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Rev. Dr. Stephen Wistoff. Pastor Steve has been with Second Baptist Lincoln since 2009. He is a native of North Dakota, and he and his wife Grace have three daughters and a growing number of grandchildren. Steve is active in his community. Um, he enjoys sports. He enjoys the outdoors. He does genealogy. He plays plays music, he loves to travel. Uh, he's an avid motorcyclist. Steve took the rare opportunity to gauge in a ministry sabbatical this last summer. Of And during our conversation, we talked about uh, what he did on a sabbatical, the importance of, of taking one, some of the theological and biblical roots of, of why pastors and churches should um, approach sabbaticals and take breaks, um, how the church uh, stepped up and, and, and kind of regained some ownership of ministry that they had maybe um, handed over to the pastor and, and things the pastor handed back to the, the church that maybe um, the pastor was doing too much ministry. And so it was kind of a cool conversation around uh, sabbatical. We also talked about a couple of really cool ministries that they're doing in their community of reaching out to um, uh, people who are doing drug rehabs or a, a Yazidi people. You'll learn more about who they are in this conversation. So here's my conversation with the Reverend Dr. Steve Wistoff. Well, Pastor Steve Wistoff from Second Baptist Church in Lincoln, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Greg. Well, um, as you know, our format is easy enough. We're going to ask you five questions about uh, being a ministry practitioner and to learn more about who you are and how you see God moving in the community of Lincoln. So let's jump right in. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm. Uh, I grew up in North Dakota, and uh, most of my ministry was in North Dakota as a uh, as a pastor. I uh, served two congregations in North Dakota um, over a period of about twenty years, and uh, I was feeling like it might be time to make a change. I was just feeling that that uh, I was kind of getting a restlessness and so on, that I, uh, holy restlessness. I mm-hmm. I think that God was perhaps leading me elsewhere. And uh, Susan Gillies told me that if you ever, if you ever are thinking about moving, uh, give me a call. And so I called Susan and said, well, I'm kind of thinking that way. Right. And uh, uh, she had uh, Second Baptist open at that time. Um, and so that kind of led me to, to Nebraska. And uh, I feel like it's been a wonderful move. It's just been a, um, I can really see God's hand in, uh, in providing me this opportunity to, to come and minister here in Lincoln.
0: So for those who may not know, Susan Gillies was the executive minister of ABC Nebraska um, at the time when you were transitioning between ministry roles, right?
1: Right, and I've known Susan because she was uh, at the uh, University of North Dakota back when I was first in ministry, so I've known her since the early 80s. Wow. And yeah, she's been, uh, of course, a Nebraska native and uh, uh, executive minister here uh, prior to Robin, but uh, I've, I've known her for, for several decades.
0: Yeah, and most recently, before retiring a second time, was uh, interim general secretary for ABC That's USA. right. So, um, tell us a little bit about you. What are you into? Um, do you like sports? I know you're into motorcycles. Uh, what else?
1: <laughs> well, I, I do a little bit of. I do. I do enjoy my motorcycle. Um, it's partly transportation and partly sport. Okay. But I do enjoy it, and uh, I also enjoy uh, some uh, art, artistic kind of things, um, some painting and some scrapbooking and. Things like that as a as an out as a uh, an output of uh, creativity, and uh, those are and of course I en- enjoy Husker football too. I think that living in, in Lincoln, that's almost a necessity. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, think I so cer- <laughs> I certainly enjoy it too.
0: Okay, yeah. very good. Now, I know you you're into music as well. Like you play guitar and you like to sing.
1: Yeah, I I don't do as much guitar playing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of sits idle and collects dust, but um i have uh, always played guitar ever since i was in in uh, um, oh probably elementary school. I started playing guitar right and uh, through all through youth ministry and through pastoral ministry i've always picked up the guitar and and used that as a as a out as outlet of ministry and I've really enjoyed it and um i I sing and so on but i you know i think as i've As I've gotten older and I've I've also moved into a congregation that has uh, a a, uh, ministry of music, I'm doing far less of that and and much more uh, ministry of of teaching and counseling and, and, and preaching and so on.
0: Okay, well then let's uh, let's ask our second question then. So, how did you get here? Let's let's talk about that call to ministry um, in in North Dakota and all that. I mean, you've been involved in so many things. Ministers Council, uh, you've been on some national things. You've been on the leadership board here in the region and pastoring all these years. Um, kind of walk us through some of that.
1: Okay, well, my my initial call to ministry was uh, was an unexpected and probably an unwelcome call <laughs> because. My dad was a pastor and I thought I okay. was very proud of him and yeah. you, you know, it was great. I didn't have any, anything against ministry. I loved ministry. I love the church, but my attitude was, it's not for me. And, um, God had another plan and all of that. Um, my dad got sick and during the time that he was sick, uh, he, my dad, uh, asked me if i would fill the pulpit for him and i thought well how do you tell a sick person no uh-huh. and so i i began <clears throat> this is back when i was in college i began filling the pulpit for him okay. uh, for several months until he did pass away and then mm-hmm. um and then i began uh, doing supply preaching for a couple of, a couple of small congregations in the area after that and that sort of led to my my calling to ministry and it's actually uh uh, Don Shoemaker, I yeah. give him credit. Uh, uh, Gina Selecta's uh, father, um, who who really um, inspired me to go on to seminary and to pursue uh, ministry.
0: Okay, and then uh, you pastored some churches in the Dakotas, I, and yes,
1: uh, I pastored. Uh, I pastored all all of my. I, I did. Uh, I was a youth pastor for two years in Detroit, Michigan. And then, and then I went from there to uh, to uh, to Lisbon, uh, North Dakota, and I was there for seven years or seven and a half years, and then I went from there to Bismarck, where I spent thirteen years uh, at First Baptist of Bismarck, and then from there I came down uh, down to Lincoln.
0: And somewhere in there, you got a doctorate from uh, Sioux Falls I, Seminary, right?
1: I did. Yes. The the generosity of the people at uh, First Baptist of Bismarck, allowing me the time, and also. Uh, helping me uh, financially, I was able to uh, pursue a doctor, uh, doctor of ministry degree um, from uh, what is now Sioux Falls Seminary. At that time, it was North American Baptist Seminary. Okay, I've since changed its name, and uh, that I finished that back in about 2005. Um, uh, so that was it was a that was a good and healthy thing for me to. I, I kind of felt the need at that time. My reason for doing it was largely uh, to, um, to sort of, I, I wouldn't say I was bored at that time, mm. but I felt challenged at that time to, yeah. to, to learn some more uh, things and to and to expand my, my understanding of ministry.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a perfect uh, transition then, because sometimes pastors um, need a new challenge they they need a, a new thought. Um, sometimes those are given to us because something in the sh- church shifts suddenly, and so you're faced with, with new challenges. And then sometimes things are really good and healthy and stable in a church, and um, and you have to find that stimulus outside. Um, and so sometimes you get the opportunity to go to school or whatever, but um, you also can take sabbaticals. Um, yes. And, and you just took one this summer, right?
1: I did, yes. Yes. That was, a, that was a new experience, uh, very new, because uh, I've been 32 years of ministry, and I've never uh, been off of, out of the pulpit more than about three Sundays in a row. I think probably two Sundays, or I can't remember if it was two or three Sundays in a row. When I came to Lincoln, I inquired with the congregation. I said, um, would, you, would you consider... Sometime down the road, uh, when I fulfilled uh, a certain number of years, um, providing a sabbatical, or at least allowing me to do a sabbatical. I mm-hmm. didn't ask for, the, for funding or anything like that, but right. just to allow allow me to do a sabbatical. Okay. And they said, yes, they, we, we would. We would consider that. So at uh, seven years, I didn't feel ready, and I don't think the congregation was ready, but at I just finished uh, my 10th year. Wow. And uh, by that time, the congregation, um, or I was, you know, I proposed it to the congregation, and um, I have to, you know, uh, say that there were several people in the congregation that were, were backing me on this, uh, supporting it. And because this is something that Second Baptist of Lincoln has never done before. They've mm. never uh, right. offered their pastor a sabbatical period. or
0: okay.
1: um, So this was brand new for them. It was brand new for me. I didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what to expect. And it turned out to really, really work out well. I think they were very satisfied with how it went, and uh, it was really fun to see. Uh, We—I had a parishioner pass away uh, while I was on sabbatical, mm. and uh, one of our one of our laymen actually stepped in and, and conducted the service. Wow! So we've got some leadership um, ability in our congregation that I'm just very, very proud of. And right. They step up and they do it, and so I didn't have a lot to worry about when I was was gone. And so I, I did do the sabbatical. The congregation was supportive of it. And um, just to give you a little idea of what I did, yeah, um, I spent uh, my wife and I, uh, my my wife Grace and I, we spent two weeks in Central Europe uh, touring from um, uh, on our own. We didn't, we weren't part of any any tour, so we basically flew into Budapest. rented a car and took off and uh, spent two days in budapest and uh two days in vienna and two days in krakow and about four days in northern poland and a day in berlin and a couple days in in prague and then uh uh and then back to budapest and so we spent about two weeks about about 15 days um just traveling and and uh and 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 enjoying it and part of we had two different um aspect or parts of our the the sabbatical one was um the the holocaust Uh, everywhere we went in central europe we there were signs of the evils of the holocaust yeah um residual um uh landmarks and and uh plaques and you know just all kinds of museums and everything else so Mm -hmm. We did that, and the other the other purpose was that uh, both my wife and I, our ancestors, have come from northern Poland, just a few miles apart. Oh, okay. And so we wanted to walk where our ancestors walked, mm. and we didn't have anything to go on as far as finding any relatives or right. tombstones or anything like that. But it was basically just to be where they came from yeah. and to feel that sense of of uh, um, our historical um, roots. Mm. Um, so we did that. And then uh, when we came back, uh, my wife had to go back to work. And then I took off for uh, the next uh, several weeks down to the southeastern uh, United States. I went to um, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina. And I spent time with my grandkids. I spent time at a Bible camp down there and reflection and prayer and, and uh, uh, study and writing and all kinds of, you know little bit more academic kinds of things but mm-hmm. but also rest I did a lot of resting there as well yeah and I spent uh, some time at my in-laws um, doing some work for them I did some I did I did go to the American Baptist Historical Society archives oh, right, in yeah. Atlanta and was enjoyed handling uh, uh, handwritten documents by Isaac Bacchus and a oh, few others and it was so just cool pretty neat yeah it yeah. was pretty neat yep. So, and so then I, I came home. I came home right around the twentieth of August. So okay. I was gone. I, I was I was on sabbatical for three months.
0: What do you, if you were to define a purpose for sabbatical for somebody who's in a church and maybe has never had that opportunity to go on one? How would you say this is why you need a sabbatical?
1: I well, there's the, the, theolo- the theological. Roots for sabbatical are found in Leviticus and other parts of the Old Testament, um, where <clears throat> the land was allowed to lie fallow for seven years, mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of rejuvenation, or not not for seven years on the seventh year, right? For the sake of rejuvenation, mm-hmm. and um, so the the same thing. Uh, it's true of our own uh, spiritual um, growth, and and uh, if we could compare our own lives to a plant, which Scripture does on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, then then we would say that we too need the um, need the uh, fertilizing and the care and everything else that it takes to remain alive and vital uh, for the future of our ministry. Um, there's nothing worse than seeing um, somebody burn out in ministry. And I witnessed it firsthand. My father uh, burned out completely in ministry, um, Mm. and uh, he was just about ready to to go back to ministry after about a three-year leave. And uh, that's when he he got sick, and and he never did go back to ministry. But, um, you know, so I've seen it happen firsthand. I I didn't want to be um, the product of that, I would rather much, would much rather be proactive and do what it takes to to uh, care for myself in in uh, yeah. being productive in ministry.
0: So, from the church's perspective, um, how is sabbatical good for a church? You you cited one kind of example that that um, well, two specifically. I, I heard you say before is one that the people thought it was good. And yeah. then, then two, you said that, um, there was an opportunity for some of them to step up and, and do some leadership that they may not have done. Had you been present?
1: Exactly. That, and that's exactly it is. I think they, they proved, proved to themselves that, uh, you know, that there's a, um, strong and vital leadership within the congregation. Um, it's really easy and I'm, I'm especially, I think, uh, susceptible. I think one of my weaknesses is, uh, I do too much quite often with you know, taking this and that and just kind of going and doing it. Uh, being, you know, In other words, taking over
0: Right.
1: Um, in some of the tasks that really could be done by laity. Mm. And I think stepping away like this uh, was a way for them to exercise that. And it's, it's really been neat because I've come back and some of the things that I was doing before and felt obligated to do, they're being done now and I'm not stepping back into them quickly. Mm. Yeah. And I don't even need to, and they yeah. don't even want me to necessarily, you know. I mean, they, they, um, we, we have a, a ministry that I'll probably talk about later, you know, with the bridge and uh, a treatment center here in town. And um, we've got, uh, I was co-teaching it with one of our, our, our laymen. And when I went on sabbatical, somebody else stepped in. When I got back, I said, uh, I went to the one who stepped in for me during the summer and I said to him, um, "Well, what do you think? Um, are, are you in, do I need to step back in?" He said, "No, we got it covered." <laughs> <laughs> so he was having such a good time yeah. with it, and and he otherwise wouldn't be doing that right. if I hadn't uh, hadn't stepped away from it. So I think it's a good lesson for for us oh, as pastors yes. is that we oftentimes we deprive people of the opportunities of ministry by Ooh. by doing too much,
0: depriving people of the opportunity of ministry. Yeah, I like that idea. You know, I, <clears throat> when we get to do a lot of um, ordinations and installations and those sort of things, and, and when, when I think about those, I, I always come back to Ephesians 4 and that call of a pastor um, is to to equip the saints for their works of ministry. Yes. And I think sometimes we do just what you just said. We do it all for them. We're not equipping them. Yeah. Um, or we spend a lot of time equipping them and never release them to do that work. And so um, I I think it's cool that uh, you went away. They took on that mantle of ministry, and then when you came back, they're like, "You can't have it back. This is important to us." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. That's right. So yeah. good. So um, sabbaticals are sometimes described as being um, kind of in a three phase because you had a three month sabbatical, twelve weeks. Yes. Yeah. So right. um, I've heard them described as you know you kind of spend the first third decompressing, disconnecting um, from from the ministry, um, and and so that you can find yourself again. You know, I you find, yes. And then the middle part, you do some sort of continuing ed or, or seeing of things or, or, or whatever. And then the last part is you're kind of spiritually renewed and, and renewing yourself and, and thinking about what it's going to be like to come back. Did you find that to be a, a true pattern for yourself? You seem to have mixed them in along the way. I don't know that it was intentionally divided into thirds like that, but it sounds like you get a lot of those things.
1: Yeah, I th- I was able to step away rather quickly because I've been anticipating this for quite a long time. Yeah, uh, this sabbatical and and for you know for probably a year, and I've been making plans for it. I've been you know spending a lot of extra time preparing for it. It you know that's the thing about what needs to be understand about sabbatical is you don't if you don't just you just don't walk away. Right. There's a lot of preparation that you have to do before you go hmm. and. You know, so by the time I actually went on sabbatical, uh, my first, my first act of going on sabbatical was jumping in the car and driving out to Gary Cole's, uh, my friend Gary Cole's uh, retirement out at Scott's Bluff.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, He's been pastor out there for about nine years. and, And so that was my, and I, I, When I was driving out there, I felt this incredible sense of I'm not even connected anymore. Mm. And I really felt that almost from that point. But what really helped, and this was suggested in the sabbatical uh, um, recommendations by some of the experts, is front end or front load the sabbatical experience with a a multicultural kind of a trip, you know, like exotic trip. And that's what we did is we went to Europe because that really pulls you away where you are completely out of touch from your congregation.
0: Part of your sabbatical included uh, people filling the pulpit. That, that was a cool, I got, I got to preach there a few times and enjoyed that experience.
1: I really appreciate you, uh, both you and Robin stepping in and doing that. I think that's one of the great gifts that you give to us as pastors, is that you say, that you told us early on, if you go on sabbatical, we'll step in and we will, we'll we'll each take you know, a certain amount of that. It was a wonderful thing uh, yeah. that you guys stepped in and you shared that with us, um, and then, uh, and then we had um, we've got several laymen in the church, with very very lay lay persons I should say, in our congregation are very capable, and they stepped in. They did they did a Sunday, um, so I really it was it took me. It took me no time at all to fill up the roster of of, uh, pulpit supply for the entire uh, three months. So it's very doable, very, uh, you know, we've got some wonderful talent uh, in in our region.
0: Well, let's talk specifically about Second Baptist Church in Lincoln. Um, you are still the pastor. You are now back. You are engaging in ministry. Yep. Um, the people are clearly more engaged in ministry than maybe they were four or five months ago. Um, so, what's going on? What are some of the things happening at um, Second Baptist Church in Lincoln?
1: Well, I came back on the on the, uh, the first Sunday of September, and uh, when I I walked through the door, there was um, papers. Um, uh, I should say posters hanging everywhere that people had uh, had done had put together that said "Welcome Home."
0: Oh, that's fun! And that
1: was really neat to walk in. And uh, it was also the first Sunday of our of our uh, former accompanist coming back as, as full time, and uh, and she uh, and so she was also welcome back the same Sunday. So they kind of made that a a celebration day, and it was that was really meaningful to me. I felt yeah. felt very loved. That's good. And um, so, um, what's happening at Second Baptist? Well, I'm back uh, in the, I guess, in the saddle now. And um, uh, as I said earlier, we have um, one of our, our, I guess it started back uh, several years ago. Probably about what is about seven years ago, I think. The time flies by. Where we did the um, with uh, Glennis Labar um, the right. um, yeah um, mission the missional church, uh, learning experience. And that was, that was terrific for us. And that got us involved with an organization in town that is a treatment center. Um, and, uh, they had a need and their need was they needed, um, transportation for their clients, uh, their, their alcohol and drug dependent um, mm-hmm. individuals who were in for treatment. They need a transportation for them to go to their medical appointments because in order to complete their treatment, it was required that they have a certain number of medical appointments, um, to keep their, you know, to monitor their, their, their body's health and everything while they're in treatment. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we, we engaged with them or we contacted them and, and, uh, or they contacted us, I guess, and we. Um, we, we began that almost immediately. So that was about like six or seven years ago. And we've been driving, uh, driving them to their appointments, uh, ever since, on wow. the, uh, either one or two days a week, depending upon what their scheduling is. So you just have and, volunteers
0: um, from the church, take right? take up time right. slots and volunteer to take people to, uh, follow up medical appointments.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They would just take, it would usually be three or four guys that they would haul, you know, would take to, um, um, the the uh, medical facility mm-hmm. uh, for their appointments is a, a clinic run by Lutheran family services. And, um, so we, so we began doing that and, um, over the course of the years, we've gained their trust. And, um, about a year ago I approached them, the new director down there and said, would you be interested in us doing conducting a Bible study? And so we started doing a Bible study and, um, about a, about a year ago
0: uh-huh.
1: uh every monday night and um and that's for it's voluntary because you know it's just so so it sometimes would show up and nobody would be there right uh you know because of their their own scheduling sometimes it's a little quirky uh-huh. uh and other times lately we've had seven guys you know who have been part of the study um and so that's the one that uh has been taken over i, I don't get i don't uh, i'm not going down there anymore on monday nights um because we have a couple of people. But that opened up an opportunity. One of the guys who graduated from the program ended up going to a place called Houses of Hope. Uh-huh. And that's like a halfway house here in town. Okay. And uh, when, when you go from the bridge, which is a treatment center, to the um, uh, back out into society after your treatment, you'll oftentimes spend several weeks at Houses of Hope. One of the guys who had gone through our Bible study down at the bridge said, hey, why don't we have a Bible study at Houses of Hope? And I said, well, because nobody's asked. And so I went to the director a few weeks ago and said, would you be interested in doing, uh, allowing us to come in and doing Bible study? And so he found a night for us. So every Sunday night now, starting this coming Sunday night, my first time, I will be going down and leading a Bible study. I'll be bringing one of our our laypersons with me to to help me with it. So it's kind of a good thing that I got kicked out of that other spot because now God has opened this other opportunity for us to serve, and maybe yeah. I'll get kicked out of this one too. And and uh, but it, it's kind of it's kind of neat because you know the, the missional church learning experience really got us um, really got us focused outside the church. Of course, that's its purpose is to get the, get the ministry going as an outward flow from the church congregation. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's really been happening. It's been really exciting. We do a we do a barbecue once a year for the guys down at the bridge, the treatment center. And lately, we've been inviting them to our men's breakfast every month. And mm-hmm. the, so w- there's been twenty guys from the bridge coming over wow. to have breakfast with us. And and they hear the word. They hear a devotional. And and so God has just really opened some doors for us to minister to this this uh, uh, group of men.
0: Wow, that's great. Now, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it's one of those things that you start to think about, you know, if um, these are sort of like people who are part of your church now. You know, they may not be yeah. there on Sunday mornings, but you are going and being present with them and they are part of the life of the church. And uh, because of the volunteers that are engaging with it, it's um, it has multiple impact. And it's so important that um, those who are participating in the ministry we we kind of tend to be a little parental with our ministries you know um but the fact that somebody who was a recipient of the ministry carried it into a new place i think is significant for for just where your heart is and and how it's working
1: yeah and what's neat is it was initiated by one of the clients not Mm -hmm. not by us yeah (laughs) you know it's and and i i think we shouldn't even be surprised about that i think we should realize that you know god is going to God is going to do um, stuff that's far beyond our our expectation and comprehension, and God's going to use people who we least expect
0: to, yeah. to do it. Yeah, very good. Well, what else is going on at 2nd that, that we might need to know about?
1: Well, we're, uh, uh, generally speaking, just um, uh, moving along, in the, hopefully, in the right direction. Uh, <laughs> we don't have, you know, we've got a lot of our normal our normal activities going on. We do, uh, we try to focus on outreach. We have been involved. This is kind of a neat thing too. Um, I I see it as a win, you know, we, a lot of times we see if a ministry folds up, we see it as a defeat, Mm. but, uh, we had been working with Yazidi people for several years and it just seemed like that time was coming to an end. Um, it, it seemed like the, the Yazidi people were no longer living in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They were moving out into other neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and particularly up in the neighborhood where Belmont Baptist is. Okay, and so I talked to Pastor Mike uh, up at Belmont Baptist, and um, and and proposed this to him and uh, he said yeah we would like to do that or he talked to some of his people and they came to the decision that they would like to open up their own building to do uh and, and what what they are is they're english classes for Yazidi women
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh Yezidi people are from the mid-east middle east on the what is called the nineveh plains the northern northern part of iraq right and they were yeah. forced out by isis they had a a major uh, uh a major um a genocide um, uh, back in uh, five years ago, five years ago last month, and uh, where thousands of people were killed uh, by ISIS. And so many of them came to Lincoln, and Lincoln now has the largest population of Yazidi people in the United States. Wow. And so um, because of that, um, and the ministry that some missionaries are involved in, um, we, we've connected with them, and uh, we were a host site for uh, one of two, uh, or th- uh, maybe it's three um, English classes for Yazidi women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the men are out in the workforce. The men know English because they've been to sc- most of them have been to school, and they're also translators for the uh, the United States military. Oh right, uh, that's one one yeah. of the unique things about the Yazidis is they were that's why, that's how they were able to immigrate over to the to, to the U.S. is because of their connection with the U.S. military. The women, on the other hand, are much more isolated. And so they don't learn English as fast. And so this gets them into a class setting uh, with other Yazidi women uh, where they can begin to learn to learn English, basic English. Wow. So now, it's, now it's, that's been passed along to uh, Belmont Baptist. And I just think it's so cool that we can partner like that. And, yeah. And be able to say, you know, it's not, this is no longer the time for us to do this but maybe it's the time for you to do yeah, it. And what's cool is that the ladies literally have to walk up the hill about uh, 50 yards up the hill, and they're right at Belmont. Wow. Uh, what, from, from the apartment buildings okay. and, and houses where they live.
0: And that's several miles from you at this point.
1: Yeah, it's several miles from us. It's all the way across town for us.
0: Right. So I think that's a, a really neat observation, and I like the way that you frame that that thought of um, we, we tend to see when ministries reach a cycle of closure um, as, as a loss, as a defeat, as somehow a failure. Um, but you, you did what you did. It was contextual. They were in your neighborhood. They're no longer in right. your neighborhood. You, yep. you saw a way to help, pass that ministry to another, and, um, and and it's going to continue to, 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 to carry on, and, and I just think that's a great perspective to have. Um, so many of our ministries I think we hang on to for far too long, and it zaps energy and resources and people and time um, so that we can't do what's next.
1: And we see it as a failure if we don't do it. Yeah. If we stop yeah. doing it, you know, we if it transitions in some way, we say, oh, that really failed. Or, oh, no, not necessarily. It was. Yeah. You know, it was all in God's timing.
0: Right, very good. Well, I appreciate um, all this that, that you've shared with me. Um, how can we as American Baptists uh, partner with you, pray with you? What are some of the things that we can do?
1: Well, uh, pray for uh, our, our sister churches here, of course, and, and, and uh, Lincoln is a uh, First Baptist, is, uh, uh, co- has called a new pastor. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we want to see these relationships between our congregations be strong. And, and not uh, not uh, competitive in any way mm-hmm. but rather to be um, to you know to have a sense of unity and purpose
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I think that's something that you could pray for all of us and uh, certainly I think uh, as far as second Baptist goes is just you know pray for uh, for growth and and uh, c- you know continued growth um, and uh, that, that God will will uh, achieve what what God is wants to achieve uh through us
0: very good well it's been great talking with pastor steve wistoff of second baptist church in lincoln nebraska um if somebody wants to know more about maybe the thoughts behind a sabbatical or doing these types of mcle ministries um what would be a way to to learn more about second baptist or to get a hold of you
1: yeah you could you could email me just at steve uh steve wistoff at gmail.com i'd be more than happy to respond and I, I would encourage uh, church leaders, uh, you know, if this is something that that you haven't, that um, you, you know, your your pastor hasn't done this before, he may, your pastor, he or she may not come to you and say, hey, I'd like to do a sabbatical. Mm. You may need to go to them and say, have you ever considered this? Uh, um, yeah. You know, you may wanna encourage them to do that because they're not gonna, they're probably not gonna ask for really. uh, It's too shy, so please, If you want more ideas on what, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. um, And you can reach me at 402-430-8308.
0: Very good. Well, thank you for your time today, Pastor Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Well, thank you for listening to Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging with God's mission through the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and contact information to uh, Reverend Dr. Steve Wistoff um, and Second Baptist Church in Lincoln. Um, there's also a few links there about the importance of sabbatical. Um, there's also contact information there if you want to get a hold of me or the American Baptist Churches of Nebraska. Subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, or Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so that we know how you're enjoying the podcast and so other people can find the podcast a little more easily. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes, and feel free to support us by giving through the PayPal link on our ABCNebraska.com website. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.